Lord Jesus. And I believe that's where we are right now. Amen. Isaiah, this is not part of the message, but y'all can have it anyway. Isaiah said that the day would come where that they would call good evil and evil good. And buddy, that is where we are right now. And God help us to stand for the truth, to stand up for the truth. You know, let the whole world say what they want to. But you and I, with the love of God, have got to stand up for the truth and say what is right. Amen. Well, may the Lord richly bless you. I'm glad that you came tonight. You could be anywhere that you wanted to be, but you chose to be here, and I thank you very much. Thank you for your love offering. May the Lord richly bless you. And this week, y'all pray for Ramona and David. They're putting up with me, and uh, <laughs> I've got the basement all to myself, so when they make me mad, I just go down to the basement and, you know... They ain't made me mad yet. <laughs> Over in Mark, the second chapter. Mark, the second chapter, verses 1 through 12. And again, he, being Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noised that he was in the house. Aren't you thankful that he is in the house tonight? And straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. There, we got a lot of room tonight, don't we? But there was no room in that house to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he, Jesus, preached the word unto them. Some came for cures. Um, some came for curiosity, but whatever the reason was, Jesus was in the house, and he was there to bring eternal life unto them. Verse 3, and they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. Now that born of four means he was carried by four people. He was being carried. He had palsy. He was being carried by four people. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, in other words, there were so many people there, <laughs> what did they do? They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoned in their hearts, why does this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your heart? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise, take up thy bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He says this to the sick of the palsy. I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. Now, the one thing I like about this story 
is the bed had carried the man. Now, after Jesus, the man is carrying the bed. Amen? And that's the difference that Jesus makes. The man was carried in on a bed or let down on a bed. But whenever Jesus told him to arise and walk, the bed no longer carried the man, but the man carried the bed. Amen. And immediately, verse 12, he arose, took up the bed, went forth unto all them, insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw it on this fashion. So, these men broke up a roof to get to Jesus. And the answer to the question tonight is, what would you do to get to Jesus? Look at your neighbor and ask them, what would you do to get to Jesus? You never need to allow any obstacle to stand in the way of reaching Jesus for yourself or for someone else. Whenever the devil blocks the door, tear the roof off. When the devil blocks the door, tear the roof off. Now, is it quite possible they tried to get people to move away from the door? Hey, we got a man sick of palsy here. Please let us through. And they was like, no, we're not going to lose our place in line. You know how selfish people are. If you don't believe that, just go out shopping on Black Friday. So it looked that they might as well give up, take this man back home. Maybe another time, maybe Jesus be another place. No, not these men. They were desperate. And do you know desperate people do desperate things? They had to get to Jesus. So... Being desperate, they thought up a plan. I kind of like to think this is kind of a plan that I would come up with, a dangerous one. Yeah. Why don't we climb up on the roof and tear it off? We know where Jesus is standing. <laughs> and we'll just let the man down through the roof. I call these men true friends. Why? Because real friends won't let you go to hell. Real friends won't let you go to hell. These men had so much compassion for their sick friend that they were determined to get him to Jesus. What are you doing about your friends? What are you doing about your family? Are you willing to tear the roof off? If necessary, are you willing to pay or pray the price? These men were real friends. They wanted their friend healed. But thank God, Jesus is not only our healer, but he is our Savior as well. See, greater than being healed that day, the man was, his sins were forgiven. They wanted their friend healed. That man received much more than what he expected. He got what I call two for one. Now, this story to me is, is a little bit comical because of the fact they tore the roof. They began to tear part of the roof off. Now, you got to understand one thing. <laughs> it wasn't their house. It wasn't their roof. What would you do 
if you came home and somebody was on top of your roof and they were tearing off part of your roof, what are you doing? I'm trying to get in. <laughs> You'd call the popo, wouldn't you? Something's going on. But these men didn't care that it was not their roof, it was not their house, but it was their friend. Amen. And they were determined to get their friend what that he needed. Can you remember when the way seemed blocked to you, whether it was spiritual, financial, physical, whatever it might have been, there seemed no way around it, but you prayed and you prayed and you prayed and you didn't give up. You persevered, you were determined, and God heard and removed the blockade from your life. I believe it was Brother Murphy in Sunday school class this morning talking about getting down on our knees and praying until the answer came. And that's what we've got to get back to, church, is getting down on our knees and praying until the answer comes. Amen. There's a song that they used to sing years ago. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. God will make a way. How many believe that? I can think of some others over in Matthew, the fifth chapter, whose doors were blocked, but they never gave up. Matthew 5, 25. And a certain woman, and this was in our Sunday school lesson this morning, had an issue of blood 12 years, had suffered many things of many physicians, had spent all she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched the hem of his garment. For she said, and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately turning in himself, knowing in himself that virtue, power had gone out of him, turned about in the press saying, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, you see the multitude thronging thee, and, saying, and sayest thou, who touched me? And he looked around about to see her that had done this thing. You see, there was a special touch that day. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now, if you're going to tell Jesus anything, please tell him the truth. He already knows it. And he said unto her daughter, thy faith, not grandma or grandpa's faith or the pastor's or the evangelist's faith, but thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Sometimes you have to have faith for yourself. See, this woman was hopeless. She was dying. Her future looked bleak. In other words, she was dying. This, she tried to get to Jesus. But she couldn't because just like the other man I read you about, the crowd, the multitude, blocked her way. Her door was blocked. She cried out to Jesus, but her cries were muffled by the crowd. She must have tried over and over again. I believe that she said in herself, I have got to get to Jesus. I've got to to get to him. I cannot let this opportunity pass me 
by he may never be this way again. And if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I believe that I will be made whole. Her faith and her determination made a way where the door was blocked. And once again, I say, if the door is blocked, tear the roof off. Brother Charlie, that's how determined we have got to be in these last days to see our prayers answered. Are you determined enough to tear the roof off? What are you willing to do to get to Jesus? Now, we know in Mark, the 10th chapter, there was a man that was called Blind Bartimaeus. He heard that Jesus was passing by. He began to cry out, Jesus! Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And all the dignitaries standing around began to tell him to hush. Shh. Hold your peace. You see, they weren't blind. And it didn't stop the man. He began to cry even louder. Jesus, thou son of David. Have mercy on me. See, not everyone is going to have your vision. Not everyone is going to jump on board with your dream. That's why you have to fight with your very life to tear the roof off if necessary to fulfill your dream and your life that Jesus has for you. Bartimaeus fought for his miracle. He continued to yell, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And in verse 49, Mark 10, 49, and Jesus, I love this, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Do you know that if you will yell, if you will persevere, if you will get his attention, he will stand still for you? The 50th verse, and he casting off away his garment, rose and came to Jesus see there was a special cloak you know this in the Bible days that if you were blind there was a cloak that you wore and it represented instead of having sunglasses and a white cane they had a cloak that was the symbolic I am blind help me I am blind so why whenever Jesus told him to come here why did he throw that cloak off I'll tell you why. Because he had faith. I'm not going to need you anymore. I'm not going to need this cloak anymore. I am going to the Son of God. He is going to heal me, and I am not going to need you cloak anymore. Now, that's faith. Verse 51, And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might have a Mercedes Benz. Oh, that's not what it says, is it? said, Lord, that I might receive my sight. That I might receive my sight. Jesus was like, well, go thy way. Once again, thy faith, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. In coming to Jesus, we need Bartimaeus' boldness. Amen. What would have happened if he had obeyed the crowd that day and he held his peace? I'll tell you what would have happened. He would have died blind. 
Jesus saw a lot of spiritual blindness while he was here on earth. And let me tell you something. Spiritual blindness is far worse than physical blindness. Too many go to their grave without their miracle. Why? Because they refuse to fight for it. Oh, well, I guess it's just my lot in life. I came from a poor family. <laughs> oh, don't make me break out into hee-haw. Poor, despair, and agony on me. People go to their graves without living out their full potential. Being what God intended them to be. But you know what I've come to tell you tonight? Hold on to your faith and tear off the roof if necessary. Do you have a blockade today? Something blocking your way. You've been trying to get an answer from God and it just seems like that you pray and, and like Job said, the, the heavens are just like brass. Has the devil blocked your door to victory? You've been trying to press your way through victory and it all seems to be in vain? Well, let me tell you something. Satan will try to block your victory, but just like I preached this morning, you say, no, you may not. You may not. He'll do everything he can to keep you from getting through. See, that is his, his job is to keep you in bondage, to keep you discouraged, to keep you sick, and keep you in debt, keep you defeated, keep you on the bottom. But praise God, Jesus, I believe, I believe with all of my heart, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ. That strengthens me. He knows if you can get through to Jesus, you're going to get your victory. That's why he fights you so hard. So if the devil blocks your door, what are you going to do? Tear off the roof. Don't let him block your door. Don't let him hinder your joy. Sometimes Satan is blocking your door because you've allowed him to. You haven't persevered. Isaiah 54, I love this scripture, and we quote it a lot. Isaiah 54 and 17, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. A lot of times our answers that we need, our prayers that need to be answered, number one priority should be in our spiritual aspect. What do we need spiritually? And then there's those times that we're sick and we need a healing touch. How many here has ever been healed by Jesus? Man, look at that. So we know that he can heal, amen? Sometimes it's a, a financial thing that you need the Lord to come on the scene with some finances. I, I was telling David and Ramona that back in um, April, I was arguing with the good old IRS. It was about a one-sided conversation, is right. I told them, I said, my CPA told me I don't have to pay that Obama tax. I don't have insurance, and you penalizing me, which is 
by the way, unconstitutional. And I said, I don't go to the doctor. Once every three years, a sinus infection will turn into bronchitis, and I go to a walk-in clinic, give them $75, they give me a prescription, and I go on my way. I said, that, that is $25 a year. And I said, you expect me to fork out $1,000 a month on Obamacare? I said, I'm not doing it. And I said, and I don't like the way you have named it, too, shared responsibility. That's what they call it, shared responsibility. My foot. And so she was real smart aleck and everything. She got smart with me. She said, oh, I'm taking notes. Shall I put down that you are refusing to pay this? And I said, no, you put down that I am inquiring about it. Three or four times she said, shall I put down that you're not paying this? I said, no. Well, are you going to pay it? I said, well, why don't you send me a letter and we'll see. So they sent me a letter that I owed that like $700. Well, I don't know about you, but $700 is a lot to me. So I, I took and I got $700. And I sent it in. <laughs> Down in the memo, I put a sad face. And I just know that upset Washington something horrible. <laughs> it must have because they sent it back to me as a refund. <laughs> so I put that in the mail and I said, now God, you know this ain't right. You know it ain't right. They, they should be charging me this. And I guess the Lord, she is so pathetic. Send it back. So I did, And they paid me $2 interest. You know, so I was like, well, you know, I'm $2 ahead than what, than what I was and everything. So I was excited. But, I mean, I prayed over that thing. That may not have been something big to y'all, but, hey, you know, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know, so anyways, I, I, I just, I, I thank the Lord that he came through on that. But each one of us, each one of us here tonight could stand up and tell about something that seemed to be an impossibility that was blocking your way. And in the nick of time, God opened up the door or he tore off the roof and he made it possible for you in whatever the situation was. I want to know tonight, how many roof terror offers do we have here tonight? You're just ready to tear off the roof. I mean, I've got a brother that if he don't get right with the Lord, he's just going to split hell wide open. I don't want Rick to go to hell. I want Rick to straighten up his life. I mean, after Daddy died six years ago, it just seems like he just started going downhill with his drinking and everything, and he is not living the life that he was taught to live. Amen. And I pray every day for him, for, for God, God, this is how I pray for my lost loved ones and friends. Lord, give them a hunger and a thirst for righteousness and salvation because he said in his word, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. So that's a good prayer for you to pray for your children or your spouse or your friends. Lord, give them a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, and I always tack on, and salvation. 
And I'm expecting good things. I'm not just praying that prayer in vain. And every day I ask God to bless Huddleston indeed. This is my home church. Every day I pray, Lord, bless Huddleston. And I believe that God hears those prayers. Amen. Amen. Do you have something in your life that you are having some problems with that you need God to fix for you? Well, I can tell you right now, me and Brother Murphy, we can't fix it. And as cute as he is, little Charlie can't fix it. Amen. But the three of us know someone who can. What's his name, church? What is his name? Jesus. He can fix it. Now, if he did it for the man with palsy, and he did it for the woman with the issue of blood, and he did it for blind Bartimaeus, and he did it for a hundred more people in here, what makes you think he won't do it for you? He said, I am God and I change not. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. How many believe that? Would you stand? There are times that I wish this church building was smaller and people wasn't so scattered abroad like that. Maybe tomorrow night we can try to fill up these first two sections. It just seems like there's, there's just more unity when you're all together like that. But tonight, if you have a problem and you need... Jesus to come on the scene. Sometimes people tell me, if he doesn't come on the scene and fix us, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know if you're there tonight or if you just have something that you, you've been asking the Lord to help you with. He is a way maker. He makes a way where there seems to be no way. He, I, I promise you, he has made so many ways for me so many times that we would actually be here all night long with me just telling you story after story how God has been faithful to me. Charlie, you're just young coming up, but I want to, I want to tell you something. God will always make a way for you as long as you stay faithful to him. Oh, I can testify to it. Brother Murphy can testify to it. Sister Murphy can testify to it. God has made a way where there seemed to absolutely be no way God has come through. I want us to come. I want us to find a place. And, and I'm, I'm going to come along and I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe God with you that you will receive the miracle that you are needing in your life. And if you don't need a miracle, you just come down here and pray and thank God that you don't need a miracle and also pray with somebody else. The Bible tells us pray one for another. Can you do that? Let's all just step out and come down here to the front and let's pray and let's ask the Lord to help us to make a way.